we're about uh, to sing the hymn, Jesus Paid It All. And a reflection upon the truth that it isn't by the works of our hands. It's not by anything that we either desire to do or are able to do to make ourselves acceptable to God. But Jesus paid it all, and it's all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Last month, we had a scripture memory verse. It's the verse found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. A man by the name of J.M. E. Rose, or Ross, excuse me, said concerning 1 Peter 3.18, it is one of the shortest and simplest and yet one of the richest summaries given in the New Testament of the meaning of the cross of Jesus Christ. What we find here is a recognition of all that Jesus did and accomplished, that Jesus paid it all, and it's all to him I owe. If we look at this verse together, you'll notice the first thing about it is that it begins with what word? For, which means this verse was never really meant to stand on its own. So many of the verses that we have memorized in our Christian faith usually are explanation verses or amplification verses or even reason for whatever has been said verses, sometimes summation verses. You know, for the wages of sin is death, for God so loved the world. doesn't mean you should ever learn those or think of those on their own. They're amplifying something that's already been said, giving more meat and substance to it in the same way here. So if we're going to understand the significance of what's here, since it begins with the word for, we at least need to go back to the previous verse. And it says, For it is better if God should will so, will it so, that you should suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also, in other words, in the same way that it's been called upon you and your walk, so it was with his. Now, for those that have been in, with us, if we looked at First Peter before, we recognize that Peter wrote this epistle to the persecuted and dispersed church that had originated in Jerusalem. And as the apostle to the Jews was fulfilling a responsibility to those chosen ones, if you look back in verse 1 of chapter 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, he explains where they are. But notice the last phrase in verse 1, who are chosen. So this book was written to believers, to those who were professing faith in Christ. And so when he says, for Christ also died for us, who is he referring to? 
to the believers, to the chosen, to those who are in Christ. If we look at the end of the book of 1 Peter, if you go to chapter 5 and in verse 12, Peter makes it clear that he was using someone to help write down the thoughts that God was bringing to him and guiding and directing him so that without mistake, without error, he would write the very word of God through Sylvanus. But he says, I have written to you briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God. He is talking about God's genuine grace given to an undeserving individual. And if you want to remember 1 Peter, you're going to remember three words that begin with S. The true grace of God is about God's salvation, that we were redeemed not by gold and silver inherited from our fathers, but the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the salvation that the true grace of God brings to his people. And with that, the response that we're to have to God in this grace is to be submissive, submissive to the Lord, submissive to authorities, and sometimes that submissiveness to the constituted authorities will bring unjust suffering. So there's your three S's. There's 1 Peter. The true grace of God includes God's deliverance, salvation in Jesus Christ, and we respond to him in doing what pleases him. We should do what is right. We should do his will, and as doing so, we may unjustly suffer. Why? For Christ also. That wasn't a just suffering he went through. But what Peter is explaining to us is you and I don't know the end that God has intended in what he's brought to pass in our life. There are difficulties that God brings into the experience of his people. They're not always pleasant to go through. Jesus Christ endured something far more uncomfortable and unpleasant than you and I will ever experience, not just the physical sufferings he endured on the cross, but in the garden as he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, where he was designated as the one to be the recipient of divine wrath, that it would never be experienced by his people. The will of God, when looked at from human understanding, What a miscarriage of justice took place with Jesus Christ. But oh, what blessing God intended. And so when you go through those times of difficulty, the deep waters, the flaming fires, the afflictions, the persecutions that you meet, what are you to do? Don't throw in the towel. Don't look for the easy way out. Do what is right even if it includes suffering in the will of God, because God intends it for good. And the greatest example of that is in Jesus Christ. And what does it say about him? For Christ also died for sins. And so it is looking at his sacrifice in the will of God for the benefit and the blessing of others. He was the sacrificial lamb that Peter describes in 1 Peter 1, 19. And in that sacrifice, once for all, in other words, an all-sufficient sacrifice, a completed act 
in what was accomplished in his crucifixion. It was first affirmed by the statement that Christ made on the cross. You know what that statement is? Te telestai. It is finished. He wasn't just saying his life's over because the next statement he makes from the cross is, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He made it very clear before he ever went to the cross, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own accord and I have the authority not only to lay it down, but to raise it up again. When he declared it is finished, he had satisfied divine wrath. Jesus paid it all. It was a completed transaction. Once for all, he has accomplished redemption by bearing the sin and the consequences of that sin for others. And what is so amazing about that, as we look at the purpose of why he, in the will of God, suffered so unjustly, is first to appreciate who it is that did this and how undeserving we are. It was the just one, the righteous one, the one in whom there is no spot, blemish, defect, depravity, any deviation from pure and holy, um, godly character, because this is God in the flesh, and it was the just for the defective ones, the depraved ones, the ones deserving judgment, not deserving the love and the compassion of God. And Paul brings that out in the book of Romans. I mean, he and Peter sing the same song. And he brings out the fact that, you know, you and I ought to sit down and think, if God didn't spare his own son when we were his enemies, how about our situation now when we have been reconciled to him and we're his dear children? his sons. When we think of the compassion of God, contrary to popular thought, God does not need us. Popular to contrary thought, God gets along very well without us. It is all unmerited grace and compassion from the Lord. The just bore the sins of of the unjust. And for what purpose? In order that. This is not meaning to make something potential. The in order that is a purpose statement. Why did the shepherd go to the cross on behalf of the sheep? To bring us to God. To provide us with a restored relationship that we who were far off have been brought near by the all-sufficient work of Jesus Christ. The concept behind this statement to bring us to God is the whole idea of he has given us an audience with the king of glory. Now we had political dignitaries in the metroplex. And everybody ran to go and hear them speak and all. 
You could see them from afar, but I want to tell you as a child of God, I can come boldly to the throne of grace to always find grace and mercy to help in any time of need. I don't have to buy a ticket to get in because Jesus Christ is my ticket. It's in him. And it is the king of glory that I now have gained access. I can come into his presence. I can come before him and be accepted by him. Remember what Christ said? No one can come to the Father except by me. Sincerity won't get you there. Religion won't get you there. Good intentions don't get you there. Only Jesus Christ. What was the purpose in his sacrificial death that is sufficient to bring us to the Father? And in that, we realize He set no boundary on what he would endure that we might be acceptable to God, being put to death in the flesh. The physical suffering, the recipient of God's wrath, in the will of God, he accomplished what was essential for our spiritual, eternal well-being. And how is it you and I know it is so? It is made alive in the spirit. Now, without spending a lot of time talking about all that Peter is saying as he's contrasting his physical death with his uh, made alive in the spirit, he makes it very clear what he intends when he says at the end of verse 21, it is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection is God's confirmation. First, that Jesus is who he said he is. And second, that he accomplished all that is essential for our acceptance with God. You have Christ, you have everything. If you don't have him, you have absolutely nothing, no matter how much you have. By the resurrection, God declared that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ fully accomplished the redemption of his people. Peter writing to the chosen who were spread abroad and preserved for your comfort and for mine as a child of God today. What's the essence of our standing before God? Well, Christ also died for sins once for all, won't be repeated. And it was the just, the righteous one who was put together, put to death on behalf of undeserving sinners. And why did he do it? So that we now have the privilege of being called the children of God, have access to the Father. And it was all based on his work. He was put to death in the flesh. But through his resurrection, we have the confirmation Jesus paid it all, and it's all to him I owe. Sin was my scarlet red letter. I was undone and guilty, but he washed me white as snow. Hallelujah. What a Savior.